Hi, I'm Sarah Becker of Becker Talks Money, and it's May 12th, 2023. The Writers Guild of America, known for its quite impressive 11,000 members, has initiated a strike after a remarkable 15 years of relative calm. While it's unfortunate that they have to resort to such measures, it presents us with a prime opportunity to delve into the world of unions. Let's start with the basics. A labor union is a group of workers who come together to amplify their collective strengths. Think of them as a power squad with elected leaders who negotiate with employers for better pay, improved working conditions, and a shared set of standards that everyone can agree on. And when it's decision time, the entire union gets a vote. It is all about unity. Unions also offer legal support and protection to members who may not have the means or expertise to tackle such issues on their own. So now that we've laid that groundwork for our appreciation of unions, let's focus on the current saga unfolding within the Writers Guild Association, Union. Their contract with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, also known as the AMPTP, which honestly is for an abbreviation is still too long, recently expired on May 1st, leaving them without a new agreement. Now, they have been going back and forth for over six weeks, were not able to agree. Streaming services have come under fire for contributing to the problem, particularly with their stingy residuals for the talented writers behind our beloved binge-worthy shows. And while production budgets are soaring, the compensation for these skilled wordsmiths has taken a nosedive. TV writers in particular find themselves increasingly working for minimum pay. That's the minimum base agreed pay within the union, with nearly half of all writers falling into this category. That is a huge jump from five, 10 years ago. And if that's not enough, feature writers, the creative minds behind blockbuster movies, are earning a whopping 14% less than they did five years ago, adjusted for inflation, of course. It's not just about the money, though. These wordsmith warriors are also fighting against the rise of quote-unquote mini-rooms, where fewer writers are given less time to contribute to show outlines and then are swiftly let go before the final episodes come to life. In February, the Writers Guild presented a list of demands which over 98% of the union members wholeheartedly supported. However, when negotiations failed to bring about any changes during that six-week period, a strike became inevitable. A resounding 97% of WGA members voted in favor of the strike, which officially began on May 2nd. While I hate that the writers are having to strike, let's take a moment to appreciate the brilliance of the picket signs, the unsung heroes of the strikes. <laughs> Here are a few of my personal favorites unleashed by the writers onto the world. Number one, the sign says, give up just one yacht. Second sign, nice Tesla, you're welcome. And number three, the one that oh, I took very personally, pay your writers or we'll spoil succession. They know. They know what happens. And I'm not ready to know yet. Considering the astronomical profits streaming services are taking in, we can only hope they realize that we wouldn't have any of these incredible shows without the writers. In any case, the WGA has made it clear that this strike will persist, and as they continue to protest in front of multiple studios, show productions are already being halted. Shows like SNL, um, late night shows like The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, they've already stopped producing new content, and series that were on the verge of starting new seasons, such as the beloved Abbott Elementary and Stranger Things, have all been postponed. Notable celebrities have, have been spotted showing their support on the picket lines. Um, Seth Meyers, Mindy Kaling, even Pete Davidson delivered pizza to a strike in Brooklyn. Love that. And Imagine Dragons performed an acoustic concert for striking writers at Netflix. The last writer's strike lasted three months. In other news, inflation has not decreased, but it hasn't risen as much as anticipated, and I will take any good news we can get. This last April, so a month ago, consumer prices saw the lowest annual increase in two years. 
we're still looking at a 4.9% rise compared to last year, April 2022. But what exactly is inflation? If you don't know, it occurs when the prices of goods and services gradually go up over time, meaning your money can buy fewer things than before, meaning it's kind of worthless. To tackle inflation, the Federal Reserve, commonly known as the Fed, has been raising interest rates. However, there's a delicate balance at play here because if rates are hiked too high and too fast, the central bank risks pushing the economy into a recession. Fortunately, this last week, the Fed hinted at a possible pause in rate hikes. They stated their intention to assess all this incoming data ahead of their next meeting in June. So definitely stay tuned. I will be updating y'all. And if you're not quite sure what the Fed is, it's not a reference to like a mobster movie or the FBI. The Fed is the nickname for the Federal Reserve System, the central banking system of the United States. They're responsible for setting monetary policies, for regulating the banking industry, and as we all know now, managing interest rates. This economic news coincides with a robust jobs report released just a week ago. The report revealed the creation of 253,000 jobs in April, contributing to a decline in unemployment reaching the lowest level in over 50 years in my lifetime for sure, just 3.4%. Now you all know that I'm under 50 years old. <laughs> One last topic today, on a national scale, rent is actually down by a modest 0.25%. Now, I know what you're thinking, that's not exactly mind-blowing, it's even news, but Fear not, there are cities experiencing some major rent shifts that I think are worth mentioning. The current national average rent price sits at $1,937, which is nearly $100 less than its peak in August of 2022. Oklahoma City is boasting a whopping 15% decrease in rent. New Orleans, where I live, is reveling in a 6% decrease, and even Phoenix is enjoying a 4% dip. But before you're like, hey, rinse down, let's go to LA, New York City, Chicago, let me save you the trouble. They're not on this list, and it's highly unlikely that they ever will be. Sorry. Now, you might be wondering, why is this rent dropping? Well, it's all about construction. Mid-sized cities are experiencing a surge in new apartment buildings, which is satisfying that ever-growing demand for those fortunate enough to afford it, of course. The wild roller coaster of pandemic-induced rent price changes has finally leveled off, and the crystal ball predictions suggest that rents will rise at a steady 3 to 4% per year over the next few years, like it was in pre-pandemic times. Again, I want to stay not in New York City, LA, or Chicago. And also, kind of an odd addition to that list of places where rents are increasing, not decreasing, Raleigh, North Carolina. Is the city stealing the spotlight for rent price growth? Hold on to your hats. The median rent there has gone up a jaw-dropping 19% higher than it was just a year ago. So if you live in Raleigh, what's going on over there? I want to know. Okay, well, that's it for today. It's May 12th. Hope you'll have a wonderful weekend. I'll be back on Monday, uh, not for news, just for, you know, a little something-something. And then I'll see y'all next week for when we do this again. Bye, y'all.